0: The Medallion, Chapter 10 Tsarek emerged from his storeroom with a bundle of small fire sticks. Are these satisfactory, Corvan? This time Corvan liked Tsarek using his name as a title. It went well with his newfound sense of power and purpose. That should be fine. Let's go. The lizard hurried away down the tunnel and by the time Corvan arrived at the opening, Tsarek was already on the other side. The first door is still working, but I would step through quickly if I were you. He held up his damaged paw. Corvin stepped over the glowing rim of rock. He was finally on his way to the core to confront the Rakash leader and rescue his father. At least now he'd be ready to meet him. With the Lumian power in his veins, he felt sure he could defeat all four of the thin white creatures, single-handed. The flickering edges of light rolled around the circumference of the glassy blue rock. No use to watch, Zarek said. It will close after we leave. He turned away and Corvin followed, deep in thought about the upcoming journey and all it might hold. The pool at the end of the cave was silent and still. No water ran in now that winter had frozen everything above ground. Corvin put his hand in the water. Ice cold. Even with his grandfather's warm clothes, no human could survive in the near-freezing water at this time of year. He'd get hypothermia in a matter of minutes. The water is colder up here, Zark said as he waded into the pool, but it will be warmer as you go deeper. Corvin stuck his cold hand up under the cloak, but it didn't help. This new cloak would not keep him as warm as the one now in the possession of the Rakash leader. His heart beat against his hand. Perhaps he could use the power from the Lumion to keep his body warm. He let a bit of the energy out of his heart and sent it to his fingers. Immediately they were warm again. Sticking his hand back in the water, he felt the water's pressure against his skin, but it was like he had a thick rubber glove on. It was a relief to know he could stay warm, but what if the power ran out while he was still under the cold water? Sarik pointed to the side of the pool. We also have the larger fire sticks we left behind when the water creature grabbed you the last time. We can light our way and also breathe the bubbles in air pockets if we run out of the small sticks. Garvin nodded, and Sarik retrieved two of the long sticks. He didn't like thinking about what happened the last time they were here. The knowledge you were about to pull water into your lungs and die was horrible. He pushed the thought away. We might as well get started. Uncapping a long stick, he waited for the light to grow strong. Tsarek sat beside him, counting out the short fire sticks. I think you will need more of these than me, he handed a bundle over to Corvin. We should find a few places where we can surface and breathe so we don't have to use up all the small sticks as fast. But try to keep your breathing slow, and remember, you can use air from the bubbles from a big fire stick in the silver pockets, enough to keep you alive, at least for a little while. Corvin nodded. The front of the tunic had a pocket on each side, and he stuck his small fire sticks into the one on the right but the pockets weren't very deep. It would be better to hold them in his hand. Zarek had uncapped his large firestick and was standing waist-deep in the pool by the time Corvin had lit his first small breathing stick. The lizard lifted his firestick in salute. Here we go to nothing, he said cheerfully. Corvin snorted. "Huh. I hope not. Did I say it wrong? I just hope you're not right. Zarek squinted at him and Corvin chuckled. It's okay. It's good to be back together again. I've missed having you around. Sarek beamed, and his blue markings flushed as he turned back to the water. Corvin stood at the water's edge and concentrated on letting a measured amount of Lumian power into his bloodstream. His body grew warmer and he put one foot into the pool. The water was a little cooler on the band of bare skin between the tops of the slippers and the short pants, but it was bearable. Wading in deeper, he felt along the bottom with his toes to the edge of the drop-off. Uncapping the small firestick in his mouth, he sucked in and coughed. These were a little stronger than he remembered. These ones are a little old, Sark said. Let's hope they don't clog up. Corvin stared at the lizard. It was more information that he wanted right now. His Lumian activated mind began ticking through all the possible ramifications. So many things could go wrong. He was about to respond to Sark when the lizard gave him a quick nod and disappeared under the water. Corvin crouched low and eased himself below the surface. Blinking past the steady stream of bubbles coming off the end of his long torch, he caught sight of the glow from Sark's fire stick. Corvin followed, half swimming, half sinking downward, the water pressure popping in his ears. The small fire stick was working well, in the tube and out the nose, just as he had learned on the last trip to the core. When he caught up with Sarek, the lizard had his short legs wrapped around a knob of rock. He gestured to the rock and then to Corvin's head. Corvin nodded. He remembered too well smacking his head on a boulder sticking out under the water. Sarek pointed down and nodded for Corvin to go first. Below them, the underwater cavern opened up and Corvin put out his hand. The water pulled at the bundle of small firesticks and he gripped them tighter. The main underground river was moving much faster. Once they were inside that current, there would be no turning back. Sarek moved into position beside him, the firestick bubbling merrily between his lips, thin jets of air shooting out his nostrils. The lizard nodded, pointed downstream, and pushed off to vanish into the black water. Corvin hesitated a moment, then let go and drifted into the current. The cavern walls spun and zipped past him. He tried to slow himself down, but his speed increased as he dropped straight down a long shaft and picked up even more speed. There was no point in looking out for rocks that might jut out from the walls. Everything was a blur. The shaft leveled out and the speed of the water slowed as the tunnel opened up. Pockets of air shimmered above him and then trails of bubbles streaked the dark water. Corvin raised his head above the water and took a tentative breath. The air was good. Holding the larger stick overhead, he spotted Zarek sitting on a ledge and dangling his feet in the water. The lizard's face broke into a wide grin as Corvin pulled himself onto the rock shelf. That was the fastest ride ever, Zarek said. We must be well below the labyrinth and getting close to the core. He raised his fire stick, cried out over the water. The speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty, hi-ho, silver! Zarek's fixation with the lone ranger was back. The lizard pointed to himself. With his faithful companion, Zarek, he paused and pointed to Corvan, the daring and resourceful mast rider of the plains will lead the fight for law and order. The Corvan rides again to save the Kor. Zark's voice echoed off the water in triumph, but Corvin turned his face away. He didn't think the people of the Corps would welcome a leader who even now wanted to eat more of their precious Lumian seeds. Zark jumped back in the water and grasped the ledge with one paw. We need to keep riding the water before the large sticks burn out. It is better if we can see where we are going. He pushed out into the water and floated off down the long cavern, his light throwing splintered shadows on the ceiling that slanted down to where the rock and water met. Then he disappeared in a fresh burst of bubbles. Corvin dropped back into the water and the sudden cold drove the air from his lungs. Gasping, he rushed lumion power from his heart through his body. Too much, his heart cramped and he worked to push the energy back into place. Just as his body temperature came up, his long fire stick scraped the ceiling. Corvin ducked back under the water in time to avoid being struck by the low-hanging rocks. The water swirled about his face and he reached for one of the small breathing firesticks. Panic gripped him. He had left the entire bundle on the ledge. Twisting around, Corvin swam hard against the current, but it was too strong. Frantic, he looked overhead, but the water was flowing too fast to allow bubbles from his large firestick to gather so he could breathe them in. Corvin's heart beat erratically, and he felt the Lumian power shoot into his veins and surround his lungs. Immediately, his desire for fresh air dissipated. Could Lumian energy create oxygen? Corvin tried to sense what was happening in his body as he floated along. The urge to breathe was slowly mounting again. He pushed more of the Lumian energy around his lungs, and the need fell away. His mind began to flick through old pages from the encyclopedia. Pearl divers could naturally hold their breath for up to 20 minutes. With the energy from the seeds, he might be able to make it to the next pocket of air. But how much lumian power did he have left? How many more times could he wait for the next airspace? Fear throttled up his heart rate, and he had to force himself to calm down. If he could relax and let the water move him toward another air gap, he would use less energy. Corvin tried to slow his breathing by imagining himself resting under the maple tree back home. He focused on his childhood days of exploring the coolies around the farm and pretending he was a superhero up on the castle rocks. But his thoughts flashed forward to the discovery of the hammer, ending his childhood fantasies and immersing him again in a complicated grown-up world. The simple days of make-believe were gone forever. His mind raced again, his chest ached for fresh air, and his head broke the water's surface in a high open space. Sark was shouting. Corvin shook his head to clear his ears. Get out of the water, now! Corvin kicked frantically and took in a huge gulp of air along with a good deal of water. Thrashing his way to the edge of the pool, his lumian rich body propelled him out of the water and onto a narrow ledge. Sarek continued shouting at him, but Corvin couldn't quit hacking up water. When he stopped, the open space around him was still. Sarek stood in a low alcove on the other side of a long, narrow pool. The lizard pointed at the water and spoke quietly. You must stay still. The Volusk was here when I last came through these tunnels. Volusk? The water monster with all the arms from the temple karst. That is where the tunnel behind you leads. You made so much noise it will surely come up here to Zark's voice trailed off as a thin white tentacle emerged from the water and circled about in the air. The lizard gestured for Corvin to stay quiet. The white tip pushed to the edge of the rocky ledge to Corvin's left and began feeling along the rock like a long finger. Corvin tensed. The Lumian power inside him raced about trying to escape into his veins. Sarek's whisper startled him. Do not move. It cannot hear us or sense us unless we move. The body of the Volusk is somewhere down below. It is checking to see what disturbed the water. The tentacle probed along the ledge and stopped. Water dripped from Corvin's clothes into puddles on the rocks at his feet. The tentacle stirred the puddles as if to taste them, wavered in the air a long moment, then disappeared back into the pool. Is it gone? Corvin's voice echoed off the ceiling. I'm not sure. These are crafty creatures and they know how to trap their prey. What do we do? Quietly move along the ledge to your right. The tunnel over there will take you down to the pool below the temple karst where you saved Tirith from drowning. That is where the volusk is being held by the keeper behind the bars before the wasting. Stay far away from the water. Be quiet. Corvin moved cautiously to his right, keeping his back tight against the wall. How will you get over here? I will wait until you are safe and then come across to join you, as long as its eye does not come here. What if it does? Corvin found himself whispering as he concentrated on moving along the ledge. Then I will escape this way behind me. I have been here before. The water flowing over here will take me to the cave where you and your past father fought the beast on the island at the Malaclar settlement, the place where Sari still lives. I will wait for you by the falls where you buried the past father Jockton. We will go over the falls into the abyss together. Corvin stopped moving. Kate has taken my medallion over the falls? No, not Kate. Your father is being held below the falls. We must find him first, before he dies. Corvin's foot slipped from the ledge and his toes rippled the surface of the water. Below the falls? Yes, I know where he is being held, but he is very sick. You must meet me at that pool near the falls and then... A writhing mass of tentacles shot out of the water and gripped the cavern ceiling. They tightened, and a bulbous mass of flaccid white flesh rose out of the black water, swinging slowly around until a huge eye came into view over a beak-like mouth. The eye focused on Corvin, and the mouth opened to reveal many rows of translucent white teeth. Unable to move, Corvin could only watch as a thick tentacle wound its way through the air toward him. The eye blinked, and sharp chirps came from the creature's mouth. A rock hit the wall to Corvin's left and splashed into the water. Sarek shouted at the creature from the other side of the cavern. Another rock bounced off the ceiling. A third sank into the soft flesh of one of the larger tentacles, knocking it from the ceiling. The great eye turned away from Corvin as two more rocks thudded into the spongy head. With an angry gurgle, the head sank back under the water along with its tentacles. The lizard appeared between a jumble of rocks at the far side of the pool, just as a tangle of white arms shot out of the water towards him. Run! Zarek shouted.